Hello everyone, welcome to a very special season of the Courageous Leaders Club. For this season, I have been persuaded by Anna, my fantastic business assistant, sounding board and force of nature, to put myself in the spotlight. Something that is completely out of my comfort zone and let her run the show. You're in for a treat. Thanks Joe, and hello everyone. I'm going to start by introducing you to those that have not yet had the pleasure of meeting you. So this is Joanna House, international award-winning leadership coach, business consultant, best-selling author, and CEO of The Change Creators, with 20 years of experience in the creative industry. For the past five seasons, I have listened to Joe interview some of the most brilliant industry leaders who shared their learnings and inspiring stories of what it takes to be a courageous leader. And Joe is one of them. So it's time to hear her insights, learnings, and top tips of what it takes to become a leader you know you can be. You'll hear from us in the upcoming six episodes released every week on Thursday as usual. So let's dive straight in, shall we? Hello, how are you today, Joe? Very good, thank you. It's nice to have you back. And it's nearly Christmas time. It's really busy out there. People are shopping, people are planning Christmas parties out drinking. There is a lot going on at the moment. How do you keep focus? How do you keep focus on your business and your team for yourself? It's a challenge. (laughs) I had so many challenges at this time of year because even being a business owner myself, I'm naturally going, oh, Christmas is nearly here, you know, some time off, the break and stuff. So it is challenging. Something that I've followed for the last couple of years that's really helped is to have this process of, I want to finish strong so I can start fast. So what I mean by that is how do I finish this year in a really strong position? So when I come back in January, we can start really, really quickly. So imagine like uh, this time of year now is kind of like your runway. So then the minute you come back in January, you can take off and fly to wherever you want to go to. But what happens a lot of the time is everyone just sort of kind of does wind down a little bit too much, which means when you come back in January, you actually spend January and February trying to figure out how to get going for the year. So you yeah. lose pretty much quarter one. And then you're playing catch up in every other quarter because a lot of businesses are measured by their quarters. So to lose a quarter if you haven't closed the year off well can be really, really challenging. So what I try and do is to keep the team motivated is like, you know, we're all doing a team day. And in that team day, we'll be very, very clear, you know, reflecting on the goals of what we want to achieve. How have we done? Really making sure we're very clear on the goals we're going into for 2023. What's going to excite us? What's going to fulfill us? And bring everyone into that collaboration and contribution. So it's kind of quite playful. A lot of voices are heard. And the other way they go, I don't think you can drill people in December. It's not work, work, work hard in December. Yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah. It's like, how do you keep up the motivation? It's like well, you want them to, to focus on stuff when there's so many distracting factors out there. Yeah. But yeah, just keeping it playful. Keep it playful, but keep it also, you know, relevant to what needs to be going on and to recognize that actually the motivation is going to go a bit lower because people want to break. And psychology, when we know we've got a break coming up, you do naturally sometimes tend to slow down a little bit. So what is going to be really worthwhile, the team achieving in this period, is going to really set you up strong for January. The other thing is also, you know, we talk a lot about purpose. When you have a real purpose in terms of the stuff you really want to finish, and you have kind of really standards, like we all have really high standards. Yeah. There's no one in our team that would want to close this year if any sloppy. That's not the standards that we operate. So we're very, very clear on what our team standards are. And we'd be very, we're a small team, so it'd be very obvious if someone slips off those standards, 
And we're very good at holding each other accountable to say, actually, uh-uh, what's yeah. going on here? Yeah. I'm very good at giving feedback to each other. It doesn't all need to come through me to go, hang on, is everything all right with you? I just noticed this. So we're all very good at keeping each other accountable. We know the standards that we want to hold ourselves to. We're pretty clear. I'm not saying we're perfect, but we're pretty clear of what's expected of each other. You know, yeah. we catch up every single morning. We do a rise and shine every morning. Like, what are you doing? What do you need help with? Where do you need to focus? So we keep that momentum. We keep those touch points in place to stay together as a team, especially being hybrid. I say we're not even hybrid. We're pretty much fully remote. Yeah, You're here today. Pretty we're pretty much fully remote. <laughs> So to keep that kind of culture and that sense of connection together is really important. But as a leader as well, it's recognizing that this is Christmas. <laughs> yeah. You know, being realistic as well with what you expect, but keeping the standards high. How do you set your goals? I know you've mentioned that one of the things that yeah. you said is very important to you to nail down during this period of time for the next year is setting your goals and setting your expectations and standards and values. Yeah. And just getting everything right Mm -hmm. how do you approach that from a business perspective as a leader goal setting for me is really important to be able to put in place and it wasn't something i naturally do because i kind of feel oh they're all in my head i'll figure it out but actually when you write down your goals is when you've got half a chance of achieving them as well so i always focus on well what's my wildly important goal for this year according to my week what's the one thing i'm driving towards and then within that what are my top five financial goals what are my top five non-financial goals now, a lot of people could get to that place. The problem is, is people then don't work out what the strategies are going to be to achieve their goals. So then they wonder why they don't get achieved. Is that, well, you never created a strategy on how you're going to do it. And then you have your strategy, but then you've got to be clear on what your tactics are to bring that strategy to life. And unfortunately, the time to value that level of thinking to set your goal up for a chance of actually being achieved isn't done. And unfortunately, a lot of people, and myself included back in the day, didn't set very good goals. They weren't measurable. They weren't specific. They could be a lot of misinterpretation of, well, I thought you yeah. meant this and I thought it was this. So it's something for me that is not natural for me to do. I have to very consciously think, actually, do we have clear goals? Have we got our strategies? And is everyone clear on that? So I have to be very conscious in doing it. Some people it becomes more natural to do. But a way to also figure out what goals you need, an exercise I do is called level setting. So I will sit down with a piece of paper and go, what's worked this year? What hasn't worked this year? Where do we need help? Yeah. So I do some level setting first. And this is where if they keep in the motivation for the end of the year, bringing your team into these conversations. So we all close the year going, well, that was good. That not so good. What can we do better together? What can we all learn from this? Okay. What do we all believe is this wildly important goal? What are all our individual goals? Is everyone clear on who's doing what? Anyone need help in forming their strategy? And before you know it, because you've all been able to input, you kind of close the year feeling, I know where I'm at. Yeah, I feel quite good. And I actually now can go and spend a day Christmas shopping because <laughs> I'm all good. Fair enough. But it does need more attention. And, you know, there's one thing setting your goals. It's another thing making sure you know the mindset and how you're going to achieve them. So if businesses are struggling with this at the moment or, or they're experiencing other challenge, keeping people focused, motivated, where would you start? Oh, gosh. <laughs> where would you start? If, if you could give them one advice but yeah, this is where you start. This is going to make you make it better. Give your team clarity. If the one thing that I get heard back from the most is we're not clear on what we need to do. So where it starts, I'd get all my team together. And I suppose probably what I just said actually is get the team together and do the level setting exercise. Mm-hmm. What's worked, what's not worked. And, and you would have hopefully already created the safe space so people can challenge you as well. We can have a very open discussion of what is and isn't working. 
to then all agree on where do we need to focus? Because that conversation requires focus. It requires contribution, which is leading me to thinking the six core needs, which I talk about a lot. All humans need a level of certainty. Right. So goals and setting goals creates a level of certainty of we know the direction we're going in. I know my role and my part to play in this. All people need a level of uncertainty, a level of variety, a level of adventure. So creating, you know, seeing that their goals can help them achieve this and they're going to get to work on that, that actually there's going to be some variety for them next year. People also want to feel significant and respected. So bringing them into this conversation gives them that sense of significance and belonging in the team. People want to contribute. So again, they can have their voice in where the company's going next year, that you've met their need of contribution. The next one is growth. People can then see what we've learned from here. So this is going to help me grow. I can see my growth plan. I see where I'm going in the company. And the last one is connection. We all need to feel connected. So again, being part of this conversation, the part of understanding where your role fits in the business and connecting with your team to create that. By just doing this one meeting, you've actually met the six core needs every single human being needs. And it's probably closed your year off in a really good way. So you come back in January with complete clarity of where everyone needs to go. So when you come back in January, you've got your goals set, you're clear on your views and you start up strong. I'm really curious to find out what difference does that make in your business? So when you come back in January, how does that show up in your business? Well, number one, as you say, we start fast. We're ready to go. We know what needs to be done. So we're in. Everyone's clear completely what is expected of them. So motivation is already high and everyone's clear. I think that I said it quite a few times. This is clarity is so important because as you say, I think January sometimes can be the most demotivating month. A hundred percent. The really tough one. Yeah. Okay. So if teams come back already knowing what to expect and already can get maybe excited about what's coming up for that year and also even to have clarity on what may not work so well or where the challenges are because actually people appreciate knowing. It's like when you wait on the train station. If you have no idea when the train's coming, you just get really pissed. But if it says 10 minutes, you go, okay, well, at least I know in 10 minutes it's going to come. So even if you're going to start the year challenged, you know, you're worried about, you know, you're losing clients, people are leaving, just be straight with your people. You know, just tell them what you're planning to do. If you don't have all the answers yet, just tell them, look, this is our challenge. We don't have the solution yet, but we thought we need to know. Respect people, treat them like humans, treat them like adults. And I think people will then lean in to help. Well, if you keep them on the outskirts, again, January, everyone will just be even more uncertain and they're just going to overwhelm and anxiety and won't be able to focus. And this is really where the safe space and nurturing that safe space really comes in handy. Yeah. Creating that space where people feel comfortable, even if they're confused about stuff, they're uncertain, they can voice those concerns for you to be able to hear them. Yeah. And you've created alignment. Everyone's aligned. Everyone's clear whether it's good or bad news, people are informed. And when you're informed, then you trust that the people in your team, you know, they've got the right to make what choice they want to make. But you're giving them as much as you can to help them make their choices, to choose whether they're either going to accept the situation of the company or they decide that it's not for them and that they need to go. But holding things back, pretending everything's okay, it never goes well. I've never seen that go well. Is there anything else that you would like to share about this? Just value the time. I think the problem in leadership a lot at the moment, and this is something that I rant on about, because this is my rant in this podcast episode, is leaders are not given the time to lead. I think the majority of leaders are still expected to be 90, 95% billable. 
you know, to be working on clients to, you know, recovering the cost of their salary. And it's not realistic. And unfortunately, it's a pattern of behavior that we're into. And then some people go, we'll give them 20% to lead. You know, I don't know if anyone's actually figured out what is that right time that leaders actually need, the capacity, the headspace to be able to lead their team. Because as long as these leaders are 90, 95% billable, the team are not going to perform. And what you're going to create is more future leaders than just more hamsters that are getting on the hamster wheel. And we're never going to break this pattern. So actually, maybe this run down to December and January is because we're just on this cycle of busy, 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 work, 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 busy, 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 making the same mistakes every year because we've never quite worked out how to fix it. But actually, if we gave people the space to actually lead, get to know their team, increase their performance, people will be happier, performance will be greater. Maybe December and January don't need to be this month that we write off in business anymore. Maybe that would change, but it's going to take some companies to really recognize, give this time, because actually, in the cubicle, how do we measure that? How would we get the return on investment? Trust that the team, the performance in the team will probably give you a bigger return as a team than the leader staying 95% billable. What do you mean by giving time? Could you expand on that a little bit? Because it's just hard to imagine in a busy mm-hmm. world like the creative industry, mm-hmm. time is very valuable. Mm-hmm. How would you define giving time to somebody to be able to find themselves in that way? So I remember I had a great leader, Matthew Sayre. I'm not sure if he's in the industry anymore, but I had a meeting with him and it's a one-to-one. And I remember just sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, he must need to go. He must be so busy. And he just sat there very calmly, carried on helping me. And I was like, have you not got to go somewhere? Have you not got to be somewhere? Like, Joe, this is your time. I'm here for you. For all the time you need, I'm here. And I was like, wow, I can't tell you in that moment, my trust, respect, and loyalty to him just clicked into place. That was it. I'd got his back now because he immediately showed me he had mine. So by him showing me that his time was important and he was giving me that time, my performance elevated massively because I wanted him to look good. I wanted him to be my leader. So I performed really, really well. So when I say time, it's giving people the opportunity to be with their team the opportunity to give feedback, the opportunity to observe their performance, to be able to see where they need to grow, the opportunity to ask if they're okay, see and to be able to empathise and have compassion to what's going on for them. Because if you're not spending that time with your team, they're going to copy your bad habits of being busy, busy on the hamster wheel. They won't learn ever how to ask for help because there is no one to ask for help to. So they'll just try and solve all these problems themselves and have more and more stress and anxiety and overwhelm because there's no support. And then like a performance. So it's this vicious cycle of believing that we've got to charge every single hour out of the leader because they're the highest rate as well. But the sacrifice in the team, I actually think where we are now in the world is too big, that we've got to reduce that biddable rate at the biddable hours for the leader because just think what they could do for the team. And retention is an issue. I know if leaders were spending more time with their team and actually focus time where they could actively listen, be fully present, not looking at their phone, looking at their email, trying to do 10 things at once, the team are going to stay. And time, there's this thing, if, if anyone's this guy, Hendrix, it's called Big Leap. Yes, book will go. And there's a chapter in that called You Are the Genius of Your Time. And a lot of people, and I can still fall into this trap, will say, I have no time, I have no time. Well, the time is there. Time's there. Like we can't change time. It's there, 24 hours. 
It's what you choose to do with that time that makes the difference. So when I say to my mum, oh, sorry, I haven't got time to put around to a coffee, it's not I don't have time to put around to a coffee. I'm choosing to go to this meeting instead of going to see my mum. So it's taking responsibility for the choices you're making for your time versus using time as an excuse of why you can't do something. And I'm sure there's lots of people listening to me get Joe, it's not as easy as that. And I appreciate that. You've got a boss telling you you have to do all these things. The fact is you have a choice for your time and what you choose to do in that time. That choice will make the difference. I remember you had a brain example about time and how calendars get filled up and they're back to back and how people choose that behavior. And we can't really unpack it on the podcast because it is a big subject, but just going a little bit into touching point, what does it actually mean? It's like there is a problem and then there is a bigger problem underneath it when in fact time is not really available anymore when calendars are stacked up. And there's only things people come to me going, like, my diary is a traffic jam. And then I always call, I go, that's the safe problem. Oh, yeah. What's the problem beneath that? What's the risky problem that's meaning you're blocking your calendar out so much? And I had this wonderful client who had this problem. And what we actually managed to unpack is that keeping her diary really busy was actually keeping her safe because she'd been asked to become more strategic, more visionary. So as long as her diary was really, really busy, she had a brilliant excuse to say, well, I haven't got time to do that. Well, how am I going to get to that? versus I'm really scared to do that and I could do with some help we're doing that or some training we're doing that but actually and she didn't realize it wasn't until we spoke about it she realized this was what she was doing but so a lot of the time we keep ourselves and I'm not saying this is for everyone because some people like Joe I just don't have the resource right now that's fine it's fair but for a lot of people listening think about some of your behaviors what risky problem are they maybe plastering over because I know in terms of some of the things that you know I want to do when we're doing live videos block all my diary up. Oh, sorry, guys, I haven't got time to record because <laughs> it's something that isn't naturally comfortable for me to do. But it's having that self-awareness to recognize I'm doing this behavior because I'm trying to avoid that and this keeps me safe. So it's always just, just that self-awareness again. Um, but yeah, your diary being a traffic jam is not going to enable you to be a great leader. I was going to wrap up with three top learnings uh-huh. that you could give to current and future leaders. And one of them is time, how you manage your time. I think we've mm-hmm. established that. What are the two things that we would reflect back now and say, for your team, mm-hmm. as a leader, for your team, these are the top three that I would definitely recommend? Oh, gosh. So probably going back to the first episode, I'd still lean on the self-belief. Yeah. You need to be able to show up with self-belief. And something that helped me to do that was to have certainty in myself. Now, I'd never heard that term before. Have certainty. Like, what? What does that mean? What does that look like? And when you just show up with certainty, you know, your body language, you talk, you just have certainty. Before you know it, your brain starts to wire, believing then you're more confident and you can take more actions. So it, and it, and it kind of helps you with your self-belief. So I think one is do the work on you. Really focus on who do you want to be as a leader um, and really stand into your identity as a leader. I would say learn to communicate. Really got to learn to communicate. It sounds really simple, but Joe, we started talking probably from the age of, I don't have kids, but I think what, one and a half, two, you start talking. I've got no yeah, idea. Yes. Um, we've been talking our hard lives. What do you mean improve communication? As human beings, we are appalling communicators, appalling. And we make all these assumptions, we mind read people, we think what people are going to say, and we don't. So learn to communicate, learn to connect with people. And the next one I would then go in line with that, learn to listen. Yeah, you can't be a leader if you can't listen. And, you know, don't listen waiting for your turn to speak. Listen to really to understand what's being said to you. 
Because if you don't listen, you're never going to learn and you'll never know how to help. So again, you'll just be in this circle of no man's land. So yeah, self-belief, communicate, connect, listen. That's really good. I'm so glad you shared that with me. I'm just stunned here. I'm, I'm listening to it. I get, my, I get myself lost in all of these episodes because <laughs> every time you share these things, there's massive learnings for me and I'm sure it is massive learnings for everybody else out there listening. So really thank you for sharing all of that with us and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Anna. A huge thank you to you for listening to the Courageous Leaders Club. I'd love to know if anything from today's conversation resonated with you and what your key takeaway is. Will you do anything differently? Have you learned something you'll take forward in your own leadership? Do take a moment to connect with us on LinkedIn where you can share your thoughts. You can connect personally with me at my email, joanna.hounds at thechangecreators.com. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. This will really help us grow our podcast and reach and help as many people as possible. If you can think of someone who will benefit from listening to this podcast, please do share it with them. Finally, for those of you who are seeking to take action today, you can book a free strategy call with me and together we can produce an action plan to implement into your leadership and business. You can head to the link in the show notes to book now. Thank you so much again for listening and I'll meet again on the next episode of the Courageous Leaders Club.